0: We are going to Mexico City for a business retreat and you are invited. There's something magical about getting out of the day-to-day routine. It's even better when you pack your bags, hop on a flight and land in a new city. From July 21st to July 26, 2024, join us as we settle into our home for the week, visit all the local coffee shops that Mexico
1: City has to offer and dedicate time to work on our businesses. This means a whole work week to brainstorm your business's future, set goals for the next year, and get caught up on all those admin tasks that keep getting pushed to the wayside. And you didn't think we'd be all work and no play, did you? While our primary goal is dedicated time to work on the biz and give ourselves space to dream and scheme, we can't go to Mexico City and not experience the vibrant culture. That's why we planned a night of salsa lessons at Mama Roomba, and we're gonna get to go visit some of the best restaurants that Mexico City has to offer. Registration is now open. Spots are limited and you
0: don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. Come hang out with us and work on your business in person in Morgan's favorite city. Head to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash to sign up or click the link in the show notes.
1: Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull and I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring
0: out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to
1: start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google, and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting and giving you a little bit of a pep talk about getting both feet in and really committing to taking the leap into entrepreneurship if you're needing this pep talk today. But before we dive into that, we're just going to do a very simple check in. Morgan, I want to hear what is the energy you're bringing
1: to the podcast today? My energy is a sleepy girl who's had too much caffeine. <laughs> Oof, I hate that kind <laughs> energy. I am in my luteal phase. I have not been sleeping well the last few nights. I'm hosting a conference next weekend. And there's just, there's just like a lot that just feels like a lot. It feels more overstimulating than normal. And so I feel like slow vibes, slow energy, but that the world's being like, psych, you can't be slow right now. Oof. I feel like the week leading up to, because the conference, is it this weekend or next? Next weekend. So nine days from they were recording.
0: Okay. So you're getting close to the week point. And I feel like the, the curve of chaos and overstimulation that happens in that period, it just shoots up. So. 100%. I am sending you lots of love. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. You're going to have a come down after.
1: Yep, to be expected. So thankfully, this is not my first rodeo. I am used to this feeling. I was expecting these feelings. That's just where we're at. Thinking about,
0: I relate to a lot of these feelings and I'll tell you in a second why, but just the importance of being present in it and letting yourself experience it instead of keeping it in your brain and trying to make it logical or over process it. You and I both struggle with that. We've talked about it before, but I, uh, uh, it's like that discomfort. That's more important to feel than to like, let stay in your head. So
1: I, uh, what are you doing to take care of yourself? I uh, have some fun plans this weekend with friends and that feels really good. Beautiful. What is your energy like today? Ugh. Well, I
0: texted you before the podcast and I was like, can I have an extra five to 10 minutes because my anxiety is out of control and I'm overstimulated and mm. part of, it's just a season, like a couple weeks season for me of heading back to Denver. I'm in the van this week. <laughs> you can see my van in the background here. And <laughs> it was just last night we drove from Wyoming to Colorado for four hours and the weather was crazy. Um then going in today and like dropping my partner off so he could go ski and then me trying to take care of the dogs and settle in at a coffee shop and get some work and then like run back to the van and do all these meetings. I'm just like, holy shit, this is not a sustainable way to live. And this is just van life right now. Um, it's a season, so It's a season. So I'm really excited. It is Thursday. I'm going to be back in my place in Denver on Sunday. I'm taking Monday fully off to settle back in and like decompress. And I think mm-hmm. that's, gonna feel good and that's how I'm taking care of myself because I have a light at the end of the tunnel of chilling so
1: good I'm excited for you to be back in your space I can only imagine how dysregulating it is to like have to have a new and different routine every single day in the van
0: it's pretty funny and it's it's really truly a privilege like Y'all know one of my top values is freedom and independence, and nothing is more free than being in the van and being able to go, quote-unquote, wherever. Obviously, there's some places you can't go in a van, but it's just, it's such a simple life, too. Like, as a minimalist, I'm like, wow, everything I need is in this van, even though it's on top of each other, and there's two dogs and two people in here, and it's 19 feet. I, it's it's really a, a privilege to get to be in it, but it is pretty dysregulating this week because winter camping is such a different thing. Then summer, because like summer, you can go boondock, you can be in a beautiful place that's isolated. We are outside, we can work outside. We are sleeping in Walmart parking lots and loves travel centers. So it is not glamorous over here, y'all. It's just, look. So. Yes, excited. Right, The next three days, we're going to be in Winter Park, which is really nice. They have like a free parking lot that you can stay for up to three days, which is very generous. There's no other ski area like that. So we are settled in Winter Park now. Good, good, good. (laughs) Should we dive in? Let's do it.
1: So if y'all want our full stories, you can go back to episodes like three and four of the podcast. Me and Hannah share our full stories. But the TLDR is that both of us used to have really cozy, comfy, full-time jobs, bi-weekly paychecks, benefits, health insurance, the whole shebang. And we obviously have both taken the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. And we were just reflecting on what we wish, not what we wish we would have known, because if you've been around for a while, you know that. We're firm believers of like just having to go through it. There's no magic button. There's no magic thing to be told or to do or to say that's going to make it easier. You just have to like go through the motions. Um, And that's not to say that there are periods that were tougher than normal. And there were just certain mantras, phrases, or little pep talks that could have been helpful and could have been really impactful to get ourselves out of the like, this sucks headspace. And that's what we're bringing to you today.
0: I'm excited to be revisiting a little bit of our TLDR for our stories because, you know, we're both quite a bit out of that time. And I think it's really humbling to try to bring ourselves back and be like, oh, yeah, this was a thing. Oh, yeah, this was really hard. Yes, I have space. And I don't remember how hard it felt in that moment, but I know it was hard. And so I would love to hear your TLDR on your story from outreach to entrepreneurship
1: my last salaried job was doing outreach for an eating disorder treatment center i don't think i've ever said this on the podcast i've always had this speculation this is a little bit of a spicy topic but we're just gonna go with it because i do feel far enough removed i remember making a TikTok that it was a trend at the time back in 2020 And it was like your current self talking to your high school self. So it was like, or like your younger self. And it was kind of like going back and forth with this dialogue. And I, um, in the background of one of my videos, I had like seven sticky notes on my wall of all of the different cookie jars that my hand was in. So I was conference co-chair. I uh, had my design studio. I wanted to travel. I had personal things. Like there was just like, there's a bunch of things on there. And there there was a, a roundabout way comment made to me from someone in the organization right before I got put on my performance improvement plan. It was like the week before, a couple of days before, about how they didn't realize how many things I had going on outside of my full-time job and questioned whether I was actually able to like work, like work enough for the company with everything else I had going on. And it felt so invasive and so icky. And then the next week I got put on a pip and the more and more I think about it, I don't know if those two things are correlated. I don't have any firm data to back that up, but I'm like, "Hmm, these are eerily happening very close together from that comment to being put on a pip. And I was on the pip. TLDR. I was on the PIP for two months. They wanted to extend it a month and there was no way in hell I was going to stay in that current job with what the expectations were for the PIP. It didn't feel sustainable. My mental health was shot. And so I was nowhere near ready to take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. I think in 2020, I had made maybe a little under $14,000 in my design studio That's it. Revenue. I was going into full-time entrepreneurship with the only data of I made $14,000 this year in my business. And I said, no, thank you to the pip. Here's my one month notice and jumped. And it was, there was a lot of emotion tied up in it, but ultimately it was like, I knew that that's what I was going to be working towards anyway. And so it was the best decision possible. Not to say that it wasn't hard, but that's just kind of how I got to where I am.
0: Well, and there's such a different, not good or bad, just different feeling of kind of being forced into entrepreneurship versus choosing to take the leap now. So I love that we get to, like, Mm -hmm. offer both of these perspectives. Mm -hmm. And there's also the caveat of, like, you could have jumped back in and found another corporate comfy job if you wanted to as well. So in a way you did make a choice of like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give myself a shot, both feet in. I was just pushed out a little bit.
1: All right. Tell us about yours. What's your, what's your TLDR of taking the leap into entrepreneurship?
0: Okay. So I worked at a hospital in Missouri. I grew up in Missouri, went to school at Mizzou, worked at the hospital while I was a student and then got offered a PRN position right after graduation. And then as soon as they could make me full-time, they made me full-time, which was great. And- I was good at my job. I got to cover a lot. I learned a lot. I was there for about 10 months. Um, But every day what would happen is I would hurry up and get my work done. And then I would be working on my website and my blog. At the time, it was healthy hanny. Throwback to 2018, 2017 and 2018, because 2017 was when I was at the job and I left in May of 2018. But I just was like, oh, I don't know how long I can do this. Um, And then the person I was dating at the time had an opportunity to move to Denver and do a job that covered our basic living expenses. So in a way, I was kind of quote unquote pushed out because I had that comfy pillow to jump onto, right? I wasn't just jumping and hoping something caught me. It was like, the risk is pretty low. I have my basic living expenses covered. And so like, I have some savings. I just need to find something when I'm out there. And I was like, well, oh, I can do that. This sounds like good next step. I've been in Missouri way too long. I need to go to the mountains and go to a place where my politics align more. And so I quit my job in April or I put in my notice. And then in May, we May 2018, we left to go to Denver. Um, and I had never not worked in my life. Like, I think between leaving my job in May we left like three days later and then when we got settled in Denver, I think less than three weeks later, I already was like getting onboarded at an ice cream shop because I just wanted something to do and wanted to make this work and wanted to build my practice on the side. And so I was kind of building up in my head of like, I'm going to do this. It's just a matter of one. And then I had the convenient life situation to be able to do that, which is a privilege. So me going into entrepreneurship and kind of betting on myself was really cushioned. So I just want to acknowledge that. And I think that's what allowed me to take a lot of risk to eventually like build a group practice and start group practice coaching and
1: everything else. But regardless of whether your story looks anywhere near similar to ours or not, I think a very common thing in our space and especially amongst inclusive business owners who want to be entrepreneurs as well is that there is this usually, I would say in the grand scheme of things, short-ish period of time where you are you have both feet in to both places. You have your feet into your comfy, cozy job. You're figuring out what it's going to look like to not have consistency, stability, benefits if you have benefits through your company. Um I think really that stability piece is usually at the core and you have your feet in of like, you might've already started your job on the side. You might be making a little bit of income and it's the dream to work for yourself full time. And there's a period of time where it's so hard. It's like a fucking tug of war of thoughts in your brain of like the pros and cons of both sides. And you're basically in limbo. Absolutely. And you really build up to this breaking point
0: where you're doing too much in both or you're doing too much in your full-time cushy job and you're teetering maybe around five or six clients in your um, entrepreneurship, if you're solo practice or whatever you're doing, you're making a little bit of money on the side and you are having such a hard time justifying making the leap because the money's not there yet, which is such a common place to be in. So we want to give some pep talks to you person who is stuck in a cushy job, maybe salaried, some PTO, and feeling very unfulfilled. So we both kind of have some musings, if you will. Okay, I just want to name my first thought of why this is so fucking hard. We live in a culture where it's countercultural to do something different in general, right? Work isn't an exception. So we have been, from our boomer parents... (laughs) told time and time again, like, get a salary job, get those sweet ass benefits, and stay at the same company. It's safe, you can focus on your life, whatever. And like, that's really awesome for a lot of people. So good. It's not the only option for your life. And what I'm seeing more and more as somebody who hires people, as somebody who helps other people hire people, as somebody who has really good data from what people in the field want... People want flexibility, they want meaningful work, they want to be paid fair, but they also understand in some ways, especially if you're insurance-based, like there's a cap, there's an issue in the system that we just can't fix right now and we're working towards it, right? So they want something different. They don't want to be ass in seat Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, commuting, just doing Getting by, as in not present, not enjoying the work, just doing the thing as a means to an end. That's not fulfilling. That's not what our generations want anymore. And so, I know it feels scary because this thing that we're doing—entrepreneurship, solo private practice, a business—isn't the the salary piece. But this gives you so much more, and then it brings up the conversation of like, yes, money is important, but also your time and energy is important. And we spend so much time in our career.
1: It's very important you do something you enjoy, even if it's hard. One of the things that has been most impactful for me, and I wish I would have heard this right when I was taking the leap, um, but this came about when I was reading a book actually last year and then recently got reminded of it again whenever my business was in a little bit of a lull at the end of last year. This comes from Rachel Rogers, the author of We Should All Be Millionaires. And in there, she writes, there are always ways to make money this is one of the beauties of living in a very technical fast-paced world is that there are always ways to make more money um instacart doordash uber um there's ways to like get paid to take surveys online you can work in an ice cream shop you can work at a coffee shop something part-time to supplement your income that is always going to be available to you
0: yes Also, pet sitting is so fucking lucrative. Like, I pay so much money for people to
1: keep my dogs alive. Yes. And so it's just like, there are moments where I'm, I, it's like, it's so hard, right? When people tell me there's, like, all these ways to make money. I'm like, yeah, but fuck you. You don't know my situation. But also, like, at the end of the day, like... If if you are so nervous about not having stability, even just writing that list out for you to reference whenever emotions are heightened, I think can feel really supportive. Remember, if you leave a job, you can always find another job. There's
0: no shortage of clinical dietitian jobs, treatment centers. Like there's a ton of opportunity out there for you to go and do the thing in the working situation you've done before. You can always go back to something comfy. I know it feels like sunken cost fallacy where it's like, I've put so much time here. I don't want to lose my position or scarcity mindset of like, what if I can't get another job or like I can't get this job back or whatnot. You will find something. Truly, there's always a job out there. So what if you bet on yourself for three months or six months and put both feet in? You commit to leaving your full-time cushy job, you have all this time and space and maybe you don't have the money you had from your previous working experience, but you can live a little bit less or like use tools in your life or have people help you and give yourself a timeline and both feed in, like just jump in, see what you can do. I think you'll be surprised
1: when push comes to shove. I think it's important to note that me and Hannah don't believe in failure, but it is the phrase, like, it's better to have done and failed than to never have done it all. Yes. change it. It's better to have done and pivoted than to have never done it at all. (laughs) Exactly. Because if you fail or pivot, you
0: gather data of what doesn't work, and now you're getting closer to what does. I think about regret so often because, and I think it's part of the optimistic, like, living a free life, taking your time back, and... I want you to think about, will you regret more not taking the leap, not putting both feet in, or will you regret taking the leap and leaving the cozy job? Regret research shows that people regret more of what they didn't do than what they did do, even if the outcome wasn't what is expected. And I think that's so true. If we really sit and think about our desires, what we want for ourselves,
1: regret, I think a lot of us would agree with that. I just want you to know that all of your fears around leaving comfortable and going into the unknown are so valid because entrepreneurship is not all rainbows and butterflies. Entrepreneurship is scary. And I would even say it's most scary whenever you're in the beginning stages because it can feel so unknown, especially in those beginning stages because you haven't done it before. It's all new to you. But I also want you to know, that you are so capable. You literally made it through a dietetic internship, most likely. Like, if you can make it through that shit, you can make it through just about anything, I feel like. If you didn't go through your internship, maybe you survived OCHEM, maybe you survived a horrible professor in college, you have a degree, most likely. Like, you've done hard shit in your life. You are so capable of running a business. And I would also add
0: to the less structural organizational hard shit you've done, like, you've probably overcame some hard shit in your life, like as a human. So remember, like, you can do hard things. I know that's cheesy. I know Glennon and Abby on the You Can Do Hard Things podcast really coined that, but you can do hard things. People are doing hard things. You're not an exception to that. The last little nugget I want to leave you with, we want to leave you with is embrace discomfort. You are not here on this earth to stay in a comfort zone. What a boring ass life if you do and many of us don't want to and if you do that's okay and you're probably not listening to our podcast if you want to stay comfy when you're in a comfort zone you're not growing you're not learning and so part of life is overcoming the hardships and obstacles and I always want to give a privileged disclaimer in this because folks have different levels of things they're already having to overcome whether it's systemic oppression or like financial issues or life circumstances like and all of that shit's so fucking unfair and i also find that people who go through hard shit are the grittiest people and who are perfect entrepreneurs like i don't know an entrepreneur who's like i was handed everything and my life is perfect and i've never done anything hard like this is the perfect place for someone who's been through some shit and that's life life is about the beauty of growing and changing and overcoming and then stabilizing, right? There will be a stable point in the future.
1: It reminds me of like, that's showbiz, baby. Yes. <laughs> what yes. I actually did that this
0: week. I was like, that's business, baby. And I did like the little finger point thing. Um, yeah. We need a shirt. We need a mug. That's show business, baby. If you are someone who is wanting both feet in and you're straddling and you got one foot in this world and one foot in this world and you're looking for community support we're going to shamelessly plug the accountability club we are opening registration in march it's not that far away time is fucking flying for q2 so join us for the next round we have a stellar group of people in this round which shout out to you all we freaking love you and would love to have more folks who are navigating that space as well because that is some entrepreneur shit thanks for listening
1: to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more Weight Inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. And be sure to get on our wait list for the Accountability Club. We'll see you next week. Bye.